May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. I have preached on this gospel passage a number of times, and each time I have preached Mary and Martha as types of personalities, a sort of Myers-Briggs biblical personality assessment. I think you know what I mean. Mary is the intuitive feeling type, and Martha is the doer planner type. Well, I don't think that that's quite right. It's not that Mary is simply predisposed to want to sit at the feet of Jesus. She's not just a laid-back individual who is simply being Mary. However, I think that I was right about Martha. She is a personality type. She is all of us. From the laziest of the lazy to the most active of the active, We are all Marthas. Our natural temperament is to do whatever it is that we want to do. If it's to busy ourselves with work, or nothing, or making organic free trade pottery, we're still busy seeking self-fulfillment. This morning I would like us to take a close look at just these few verses and ask ourselves, What is the one needful thing? And how do we find it in a world driven by the tyranny of the urgent? Mary comes out of this narrative looking really good. And if I were Martha, I'd be pretty burned. After all, look at the position Martha is in. She's trying to put together a dinner for 15 people. That's Jesus and his disciples, plus Mary and Martha, maybe 16 people if Brother Lazarus is in town. And while she slaves in the kitchen, Mary's all socializing. So when Martha comes to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Who among us can't sympathize? One commentator suggested that except for the finishing touches, the meal should have been ready when Jesus and his group arrived, as it was Jesus' custom to send others ahead to announce his arrival. This means that upon his arrival, one of the sisters should have entertained the honored guest. Therefore, Mary did exactly the right thing. Furthermore, Martha's saying that Mary has left me, implies that at an earlier moment, Mary had been helping to prepare the meal. But even if all of that is true, so what? Have you ever in your life been completely ready to go for a dinner party serving 15 to 16 people when the first guest arrives, and of course early? How many of us would say, well... Dinner's not ready, but oh well, I'll just go in and socialize. People get hungry. And no matter how good a conversationalist you are, people have to eat. And dinner is what they came for. I feel for Martha. And I know I wouldn't be able to tear myself away from the kitchen for a moment. 
And my reason for doing so would be a good one. I'm putting together dinner for the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And yet, Jesus here declares her offering unnecessary, not needful. What a blow. To be told by Jesus that the very thing you are doing for him is not what he wants of you. Well, we as human beings are wired to think that being busy is a good thing. If you're not busy, something must be wrong. We've all had the conversation, how are you? I'm busy. Well, what are you doing that's keeping you busy? Well, you know. People often ask me what my day-to-day looks like as a minister. And often I'm at a loss to say exactly what I've done. But I know that I'm busy. In fact, most of us tell others we're busy because we think that that's the way that things are supposed to be. If you're not busy... You must be lazy. And it's hard for us to actually pinpoint exactly what we're doing, but we're definitely burning the candle at both ends. But even if we're busy doing nothing, we're still busy. And we try to find a way to tame the busyness of life. I had a job once that felt compelled to send me to a Franklin Covey scheduling seminar. Several days, this is thankfully Franklin Covey is kind of not around anymore, but it was great. They gave you little helpful hints and they gave you the Franklin Covey planner. Do you remember it? It was great for trying to get your life together. And if someone tried to mug you, you could use it against them. Uh, It was gigantic. And uh, I would get into fights with my grandfather because he was a Filofax guy. And, and I said, no, Franklin Covey is the way to way to go. Uh, But it seemed that no matter how detailed And no matter how hard I work to make that Franklin Covey planner work, my life never seemed quite in order. In fact, it seemed busier looking at my planner, showing me all that I had going on. And in fact, I was busy, but I didn't feel like I had much to show for it. And yet, I did have this gigantic planner because I'm busy, and therefore I am important. And so someone suggested to me, well, you should try checklists. So I tried checklist, and they only reminded me of what I hadn't been able to finish and won't ever be able to accomplish. So too, today in the busyness of our world, not only do we want people to know that we're busy, but that we have it under control. I find this often on Facebook, where people will post pictures that basically scream, Look at what I am accomplishing. This is my gifted daughter at her dance recital. This is my talented son with his all-star team. We never put pictures up of our gifted daughter biting our talented son. Or the distraught father wearing out his wickedly talented son. And yet in the busyness of life, in the sense of trying to gain accomplishment... Jesus says that there is only one thing necessary, only one thing needful. And what is it? It's doing what Mary is doing in our narrative. 
listening to Jesus' words. And when Jesus' words sink down deep in your heart, His word of love to you, you have freedom from proving yourself to God, and you have freedom from proving yourself to others. Because there is assurance and security in Jesus' words. And what is Jesus' teaching? What is He saying to Mary? Well, first, I can tell you what He wasn't teaching. He was not saying to Mary, Well, now that you're believing in me, Mary, here's what you need to be doing. All of that stuff about believing in me and simply resting in the knowledge that, that I am for you was fine at first. But now that you've been a believer for a little bit, it's time to get to work. If he did say that, where would Mary be? Not sitting at Jesus' feet, but in the kitchen with Martha. So what was Jesus' teaching? Right before Jesus visits Mary and Martha in Bethany, We hear him tell the parable of the great Samaritan, where Jesus himself says, I am the great Samaritan that finds you broken and bloodied and bruised by the side of the road of life, incapable of getting yourself out of the ditch. And so I'm coming down and I'm getting you out of the ditch myself, throwing you over my shoulder and making you well. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn to him. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whether you're busy doing nothing, or maybe you are really busy, All of us know that life cannot be subdued. No matter how good your planner is, no matter how good your Facebook page looks, we are all tired, worn out. And Jesus tells us today, rest not in your labors, but rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. And there you will find peace, rest, accomplishment in Him. Amen.